In today's show, we look at buy low trade targets, sell high trade targets, overvalued, undervalued players. It's all here. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're going to talk buy low, sell highs. You know the drill. This is not exhaustive. This player that you might think is a buy low might be a buy low. I just didn't include them. This player that you might think is a sell high might be a sell high. I just didn't include them. And I'll tell you now, it doesn't include Donovan Mitchell. I was going to put him on here. I talked about that at length yesterday, um, but he's not on this list. And, that, and that's fine. It doesn't mean he's not a sell high. And again, let's go through it again. A buy low trade does not mean you have to acquire this player at any cost. A sell high does not mean you have to get rid of this player at any cost. It's about getting value. Let's use the Mitchell example, which I'm not going to include in this show as a sell high guy, but a sell high is not getting a top 20 player. It's not Paul George. It's not even probably Damian Lillard. It's if someone wants to go crazy and give you Giannis or um, yeah, package Mitchell and someone for, for Jokic. Right? That's the sort of trade, that even like a Tatum. Like that sort of a play, Embiid. That sort of player where I think that Mitchell is going to fall. And, and even including yesterday's game, Mitchell was 23rd over the last two weeks. Right? So that's what I'm talking about. Like if you get, and if not, just ride it out. Like just enjoy the value. It is always hard to do these sort of trades and trying to convince your trading partner or convince yourself that it's going to work out. And it's not always going to work out. But I'm trying to find examples here where I'm pretty confident that it is, and you still can use the reactive nature of people and their um, their short-term uh, focus to get some value back. I hope that explains it. I hope it does. So anyway, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's look back at how we did two weeks ago on this show in buy lows and sell highs. Not a bad result, I think. Um, we had PJ Washington. Well, his first five are buy lows. We had PJ Washington Jr. as a buy low. He was 243rd. And ever since I said, I think I'm done with this guy, but he is a buy low in like 14 team leagues, or maybe we see what happens. Well, he's been rolling. He's the 48th ranked player since then. There is, I guess, some boost with now um, Kelly Oubre and Gordon Haywood injured in Charlotte, by the way. Oubre out four to six weeks. Jalen McDaniels is the ad there. He's going to start and he is going to put up good numbers. And you can drop Haywood and Oubre. Be really confident with that. Um, PJ Washington, 48th. That is a little bit of a sell high, but no one's giving you top 50 or top 60 value for Peach. But with McDaniels probably almost exclusively playing the three, there's more value for PJ at the four. Deeper leagues will want to look at, oh, I don't get to do this very often. They're going to want to look at the God of Hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. So, um, yeah, some interesting things happening in Charlotte. Mike Conley, 270th. Over the last, or he was 270th, and since then, 113th. And it's not, it's not brilliant, but I still think that it is a 12-team league player. And he should be rostered, and he's improved significantly. So if you're able to snag him for nothing, well, it worked out all right. Chris Middleton, well, that one didn't work out. 
because he hasn't played since then. 198 he was, and then he hasn't returned, and I do not know what's going on with this sore knee. It remains an absolute mystery, and there is more to it than we are being told. I am certain. I don't know that. I haven't been even whispered that. That's just me trying to infer information on um, Middleton, but there's got to be more going on there. Um, Draymond Green, he was 228th. We talked about, hey, where are the defensive stats? They're going to come at some point. Don't don't panic. They will come. And he's 54th since we did that show. So they are, they are there. And maybe he, he's going to go up and down. This is what happens with Draymond. He's going to go up and down. And the last buy low guy we had was Mikael Bridges, but that didn't work. He, he got worse. 125th. And this is 140th since then. He was one of those guys that I, I know people love talking. Man, we love we love Bridges. We got a, he's such a he's a third round, fourth round player. He doesn't get turnovers. He never gets hurt. And my point always with that is, if you rely upon someone not getting turnovers, and if the reason you draft them is because they don't get hurt, well, I, I I don't think it's the right reason to to choose that player. And he has really struggled. The shooting percentages is in the toilet. And yes, he still hasn't gotten hurt. That is true. But again, if that's what you're relying upon to bring that sort of value, then anything else that goes wrong, then you're in, you're in real strife. And then if he does miss games, then it's completely in the toilet. I still think Mikael Bridges is a big buy low. I, I do have confidence that he's better than this. Like we've got evidence that he's significantly better than this, but not evidence. I, I don't believe that anyone should have valued him as a top 30 player or anything like that. On the sell high side, I had Sabonis as a sell high. He was 10th. He's actually gone up to seventh. So yeah, he's been great. I still think that is a sell high. Top 24, top 20 is possible for Sabonis. So if you can get like a top 15 guy back, I think that's reasonable. But he has, uh, yeah, uh, improved. Now, the other sell highs, I think, are all pretty good. Vooch was 15th. He's dropped down to 39th. I don't know what the Bulls are going to do, but he'd be the first guy I'd be trying to get rid of if I was Chicago. So he dropped down. That sell high work. Toby Harris, that one was obvious, even though a lot of people did not agree with that one. He was 22nd. He's now 116th since then. And I don't know that it gets better. I don't know that it gets better. Kevon Looney was 68th. He's 190th since then. He's still rostered in tons of 12-team leagues. And I know he had a game winner yesterday with 20-plus rebounds. He is not a 12-team league must-roster player. And the last one was the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton, down from 25th to 61st. I think 61st is like, it's still maybe a little bit of a sell high, but he is still a must-roster player. He will be until that changes. And we don't know what they're going to do with Maxi and how they run him through uh, the rotation or how they run that rotation in general. But, that level from Melton was probably, not probably, it was definitely not going to be able to stick. It didn't stick. And here we are with him dropping off, which was pretty obvious. That transitions us into talk about this week's one. And it is the aforementioned Tyrese Maxey, who, since returning, is the 387th ranked player, 270th in points leagues. Now, that is only two games. I know that. Before you type it, Josh, is two games. Josh, he's just coming back from injury. I, I, I know this. I know this. But, right, but people panic. They will panic also with the news that he is going to remain on the bench. They will panic with that. And that is, this is your opportunity. And this is not just including the two games since he came back. If we include the last eight games that he's played, so two injury, eight pre-injury, where he played 31 minutes a night, he was actually 205th in that time frame. He's only averaging 12 fantasy points versus 33 for the season. So there's room to improve here. But look at his last eight games. Well, I talked about this a lot in the preseason. Like he's got to hit big, big three-point percentage to be useful. 33%, he's down to. That's down from 41% over the year. I don't think you view him as top 50 or top 60. Top 80, top 90, I think is realistic for him. Uh, rest of season. So that's when you're looking at trades, look at that sort of value. But it's not just the three-point percentage that's down. His entire free throw percentage in the 17 games he's played this season 
it's well down. And he's hitting just 71% in the last eight games. But he's at 73% for the season. Last season, 87. So the 87 and 87, which he shot in his first two seasons, is that real over 136 games? Or is the 73% he's shooting in 17 games real? I'll let you figure that out. I know which way I'm leaning. So there's plenty of room for that to improve. And his two-point percentage is also well down at 42% over the last eight games. He was at 51 last season and 51 the year before that. So while he is struggling, and it is the buy low and injury, and again, a lot of people that have him wouldn't trade away because they know the minutes are limited. What they do look at, though, is that news about him coming off the bench. And that will put a little bit of a fear into them. Again, don't look at him as top 50 or top 60. Top 80, almost best case, I think. He'll have some stretches where he is top 40. He'll have a couple of two-week periods where he does push up. But that opportunity to buy low on him is going to expire soon. You're not going to get... like he'll play. He might play off the bench and play 30 minutes in literally the next game. All right? So that buy low opportunity, if you want to get it at cheap, the time to attack it now. You might not be able to do it, and the people that have him might be savvy. But the people that drafted him maybe drafted him at 55, which wasn't a savvy move to begin with. So you don't know how they're going to react to his production because they would have drafted him that high reacting to three preseason games where he went crazy. So just there's a lot of things that go into it and it's never it's never harmful to ask and inquire and see how it looks. Today's episode is brought to you by the good folks over at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And you can get all the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there. The NFL, college basketball, the NBA, and the College Football National Championship. It's all available at betonline.net. Georgia are very much favorites, 13-point favorites over the Horned Frogs of TCU in the college football playoff championship game. Now, I I wouldn't say that I'm a college football expert because I'm not, but I'm big on TCU. Like I, I just want them to win because it's fun. But I also think 13 points is a ridiculous spread, so that's the way I'd be looking. But hey, maybe you like Georgia to cover by more than two touchdowns. All that information is over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Still another buy low. And we are going to be targeting a lot of injury stuff today. And we're going to look at the burner, Jalen Brunson, who missed a couple of games with a hip injury. But again, it's not just the fact that he had the hip injury. He came back and played because, of course, their coach is one of two insane coaches in the NBA, Tom Thibodeau. Played him 39 minutes in his first game back. Wasn't easing back from injury that that you know caused these numbers to be down. 242nd over the last two weeks in Category League, 61st in points leagues. He's averaging 33 fantasy points versus 35 and a half for the season. So what is going on with Jalen Brunson over these last five games where he is averaging 36 minutes a night? And by the way, he's actually averaging only 33 minutes for the season, under 33. So that 36 isn't well, it's down. He's in 38 minute and I play. He's not. He's actually 33. So his minutes are up, but his production is way down. Why? Well, one of the concerns we had a little bit with him coming into New York was, does he ever get defensive stats? And he started out by getting them. Um, Not so much at the moment. He has one steal in his last five games. He's averaging a steal per game for the year, which is well up on what he did last season, but they're not there. So maybe, maybe this is declining. But 0.2 is a stupid number. Like he's going to improve from that. And we all know how much steals can actually influence fantasy category rankings. Like it is a big, big drop, but that's not the only thing. This guy shot 84% from the line last season. He shot 85 this season. Yet over the last five games, he's shooting 58%. My guy, come on. 58%? 
That, that That's what drops you way down. That is what really, really drops these rankings. And of course, free throw percentage, lower free throw percentage means lower scoring. It's, it's common sense. He's also, not only is he not shooting well from the free throw line, but he's not hitting his twos either. He was at 55% from two last season. And with a larger role this season, you expect a little bit of a drop in efficiency. And he's at 49%. But his last five games, 41%. In fact, his last month of action, 40% from two. That, that's really quite bad. And that drags his overall field goal percentage down where it moves him. Over the last month, he's at 41.5 from the field. That's like punt field goal stuff when he's at 46 for the season. So for him to get back to being a borderline top 60 player, we need that to improve. Now, maybe the steals don't, and maybe the field goals don't. That is possible. And I'm really confident the free throws do. So don't look at him as top 40. Don't look at him as top 30. Look at him as top 60, top 70. Try and get two players in there without them being top 90 players. Like this is an opportunity that is not just injury-based. It's... It's form-based, it's shooting-based, it's some of the shooting stuff has lasted a month, and that is going to um, yeah scare some people off because people a lot of people are really really frightened of punting free throws, but they are. I'm not punting free throws, punting field goals. Like if I look on the trade market over on Yahoo of some trades, like some of them, like I, I look at it and go, what are you talking about? Jalen Brunson for Kyle Lowry, Jalen Brunson for Boyan Bogdanovich. Like I'd much rather have Jalen Brunson in that situation. Um, Jalen Brunson for Rui Hachimura and Jabari Smith. Like, what is that deal? What? Like, that's a that's an insane deal. Um, like, so there is value there for in, for some people, but in other situations, it's it's not. Jalen Brunson for Jared Allen. Okay, that's an interesting trade. Um, yeah, is that is that buying low? I don't think so. But there are um, yeah, Jalen Brunson for Marcus Smart and Jaden Ivey. Probably a good deal. Like, that's a bit of a buy low. So there are some trades going on that would suggest that he's not valued as highly as maybe he should be. Let's look at the next player. It is, we're going to Orlando, and we're going to look at Paolo Banquero because Banquero's numbers are down. 229th over the last two weeks in category leagues, 89th in points leagues. He's averaging just 29 fantasy points, which is down from the 36th he's been averaging all season. So what has actually happened? Well, let's start with minutes. He's playing under 31 minutes over his last five games. Okay, there's no real reason for that. He's not injured. Beats a blowout stuff in there, sure. Um, has there even? Let me, yeah. Yes, there's been three blowout games that the Magic have been involved in. A 20-point victory over the Spurs, a 20-point loss to the Pistons, and a 20-point loss to the Wizards. And a 20-point loss to the Lakers. The last four games. Last four games, 19, 19, 20, and 19. Three losses and a win. And that has reduced his playing time. Simple, simple as that. So that's not something we expect to continue. It's not just that, though. He cannot hit shots. 27.8% from three. And he hasn't been a good three-point shooter. And we knew one of the big things with Paolo this season is you're going to have trouble with percentages. He's going to, he's going to struggle on his percentages. And he's going to struggle with defensive stats. 27.8 versus the 30.8 for the season, but also 39% from two. That's disgusting. And he's at 48% from the season. There is room for that to become a 50% guy, but he's just so far down. Even his free throws are at 71% when they're at 76 for the season. So he's just hurting you in so many areas. Realistically, even his scoring's down. 16 points when he's averaging 21 for the season. There is a real buy-low opportunity here for Paolo. Now, sometimes his name-brand value, because he does have great name-brand value, because he's going he's gonna to win the Rookie of the Year without any question. Um, so that does give name brand value. So that sometimes makes it harder to execute a buy low 
but it doesn't make it impossible. It doesn't make it impossible to be able to do that. So, like, oh, I see a trade here. Polo Bonquero for Mason Plumley. Like, you're joking me. Polo Bonquero for Bol Bol. Come on, get out of here. What, what are we doing? Polo Bonquero for Bobby Portis and Karis Levert. Like, somewhat, come on, seriously. So, some people are panicking or doing stupid deals because those ones are obviously all stupid. So, there is value in being able to buy low. What do I look at Polo rest of season? I'm not sure he's top 100. You've got to look at how you punt things. And if you do punt percentages, then yes, he is. But overall value, maybe he's not top 100. But in your specific build, he might be top 70. And if you can throw a top 100, top 110 player to someone who, people, again, people hate it. Oh, he's killing my percentages. People hate that, right? So look at the teams where he is really killing that. And if you don't actually care about that on your team, get him. And it is a real discounted price, I think, here. Let's do another buy low. Let's go to Christopher Paul in Phoenix. Well, of course, where else would he be? His numbers recently are bad. 96th over the last two weeks, 58th in points leagues. His points league numbers aren't that low. 33.4 versus 34.3. That's a one point difference. It's not that big a deal. But in category leagues, it is. Now, I, th- I am pretty confident that Chris Paul, as we know him, mid-30s, early 30s Chris Paul, I, I feel like saying he's that's done. I don't think that's coming back. So instead of top 20, top 30, Chris Paul, we reassess and look at top 50, Chris Paul. That's how I think we look at him. But 96th, why? Why is he so low? Well, why can't he hit free throws? Now, this is a guy that two years ago hit 93%. He's at 84 last season, and now he's at 79 for the year, but also 67 over the last seven games. And that drops him off. Now, I don't know why he's not a good free throw shooter anymore, but he's not. He's also not getting any rebounds. It's not because DeAndre Ayton's taken him, but 3.1. For Paul, over the last seven games, he's down from 4.3. That's low. His steal numbers are actually well down from last season as well. He's at 1.5 for the year versus 1.9 last season. But also, why can't he hit twos? Why is all of his shooting off? 44.6% from two, which is actually basically the same number he's hit all season. Last season, 56. The year before, 54. The year before, 55. Okay, that is a big drop. 10 plus percentage points on two-point percentage. And we are, look, we're 24 games into his season. Is 24 enough to completely write him off as a bad two-point shooter, as a guy that's only 45%? I don't think so, but I am, I'm, I'm reassessing it. Like, I don't think he's 52, 54, 55. I think he might be 50, 51, but that's still room for, to improve there significantly. I look at Paul as a top 50, top 45 sort of a player. Um, but it is a real struggle for him here. He's not doing particularly well without Devin Booker. The Suns are like really struggling and who knows what ends up happening. We know there's injury risk. You can get him, I reckon, for a real cheap price. I don't think people are going to be you know, absolutely just holding on like Chris Paul for Jonas Valanciunas trade. Chris Paul for Gary Trent straight up. Chris Paul for Steven Adams as a deal. Like what is that deal? Like that, that they're, they're crazy deals to me. Um, Chris Paul and Clint Capella for Fred Van Vliet and Brandon Clark. Like, what? Chris Paul and Markel Fultz for Shake Milton and Scotty Barnes. Shake Milton. So you're treating Scotty Barnes like he's a top 20 player there, which he's not. So, yeah, Chris Paul is a uh, a pretty, I think, significant, pretty significant um, buy-low player. Let's go to the last buy-low. And this is where we get a little bit risky. It's Zion Williamson. I do not know the um, extent of his hamstring injury. 
I'm ruling him out for the next seven to 10 days. It's probably going to be two weeks is my guess. It's probably going to be two weeks. Um, so taking him on now is a risk. I don't know how long he's going to miss. I've got no idea. But the best value you get in a Zion trade, I think is right now. I think I think it's look unless they come out and say he's out three months, then you get him for nothing. But you got an opportunity. His last um, four games, so he had that COVID bout. His production had actually dropped. He's gone from forty from forty three fantasy points down to forty. His defensive stats in the last four games also not there. He's had one steal and one block in his last four games. He's averaging one point one steals a game and 0.6 blocks per game. And you might think point six is not much, and you're right. 0.3 is half of that number, and that impacts numbers too. And it's just the fact that he's injured. And I don't know when he's going to come back. And when I do, when he does come back, I do expect those defensive stats and the assists, which have dropped as well, to sort of revert back to normal and provide some of that value. But again, the uncertainty on the injury, people panic over Zion and his health. This is a guy, again, you've got to be punting the right situation in categories. Like this is a, He's a top 30 guy in, in points leagues, probably top 20. But in category leagues, he can be top 20 as well if you're punting free throws. So what what does it take to get him? Well, again, look at the team that has him. How are they going in terms of dealing with injuries? What's their status like? It is a risk to take him on. Absolutely. Absolutely, it's a risk to take him on. But you can, I think you'll be able to do it in certain situations, be able to acquire him at a somewhat discounted price. But it is a risk, right? You've got to watch... Because the closer he gets to returning from the injury, the more the buy-low window closes. It's wide open now. It's wide open. And I think you can get that discount if you are willing to take on a pretty significant risk of you're not having him. Maybe it's a month. Who knows? We just don't know that. that that's a risk. And that takes us to the sell highs, which basically directly correlates to this. Because we're looking at Christian James McCollum as a sell high. And while we look at this and go, well, why would you sell now, Josh? Ingram is still out. I don't know when he's coming back. Zion is still out or Zion is out. CJ is going to roll. Yes. Yes, he is. And he's already been rolling. 20th ranked player over the last two weeks in category leagues, 29th in points leagues. We'll talk about all of this, these numbers here. Then I'll talk about why I would um, look to sell him. McCollum, his usage is up three percentage points. And it's probably going to rise to 30% in this time that they're both out. He's averaging 41 fantasy points versus 37 fantasy points. And he's doing this, again, it's the triple whammy. The minutes, well, the minutes aren't up, so it's maybe the double whammy. Usage up, and in the extra usage, well, he's just decided to hit 49% of his threes. So that absolutely skews. It's almost a logarithmic increase. I don't know why I said it that way. Increase. Increase. It's a huge increase. He's at 39% for the season. He was struggling really early on, but now he's absolutely on fire. And he's taking more threes. He's taking, before, well, for the season, 40% of his shots from three. Since they've started going in, 53% from three. And that is just a massive impact. That means that he's hitting 2.8 threes per game for the season, 4.7 over the last seven games. 25 points. Like the rebounds, the assists, the steals, the free throw percentage, it's all about the same, although his free throw attempts are up. And it's probably going to spike. But people know that. People know that Ingram and Zion are out. They see what he's doing, and they might actually think they can get a top 20 player rest of season or for a long period of time. 
but it's I don't think it's going to last because not only this is based on increased usage without Ingram and now that usage might stay, but he's backed it up by increasing that three point percentage to a completely unsustainable number. And when Ingram returns and when Zion returns, the closer we get to those returns, the CJ McCollum sell high value decreases. And in that time, I fully expect the shooting numbers to fall off as well. So that value is not, it's, you'll never get a better time to sell him. Not only is he dominating at the moment, but now we've got another injury where he's going to be forced to carry things on this team. And you will lose in the short term. I guarantee you, you will lose out trading CJ in the short term. You trade him now, he might put up top 12 numbers for two weeks. He might not because he might start hitting 31% of his threes, but he might. And you will almost definitely lose out. But I would look at CJ as a top 50 player, maybe top 45 player rest of season. But if I can get a guy that I feel good is going to be a top 30 guy, a top 25 guy through end of January to fantasy playoffs, I do it assuming I can take somewhat of a hit now. You've got to be able to take that hit now. Let's look at cousin Kevin Porter Jr., who I love drafting him this season. You know that his ADP ranking was like 110th. I was taking him 60s, 70s. And even that, maybe maybe that was too low. 19th ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks. 26th in points leagues. He's averaging 42 fantasy points versus 37 for the season. So how is he doing this? Well, the answer is unsustainably. He's hitting a ludicrous 64% of his twos. Now, he has taken big steps forward this season. He's gone from 46% from two to 50, but 64 is impossible. It's just not going to stick. He's not going to continue to hit twos at that level. He's also hitting 41% from three. Now, I'm not against saying Kevin Porter can be a 38, 39% three-point shot. I think it's relatively realistic. He hit 38% last season. But he's at 34 for the year, but over the last seven games, he's at 41. All right, there's going to be some drop-off here. The usage is all the same. It's just that we're hitting field goals at a gigantic rate. Twos and threes, well up. True shooting, 66%. He's at 55 for the year. He's at 53 last season. And then his assists, while this isn't a big deal, it's significant enough to mention, up from 5.8 to 6.9. He has clearly been their best fantasy player this season. Um, 38th over the last month. Look, don't... Look, I know people will will be like, oh, yeah, but what about his turnovers? Like, honestly, look, when you're trying to get big assists, I don't think it matters that much. He also, over the last seven games, is seven assists to three turnovers. It's over a two ratio. It's a pretty good number. So he's actually putting up some pretty strong numbers here. And he is playing more in control. I've been really impressed with what Porter's been doing. He's scored 20 points in four of his last five games with good assist numbers, solid usage, solid efficiency, hitting threes. He's been really impressive. But this is, it's probably a harder one to sell high because, you know, people don't believe in him as much. And I understand that. But he is rolling. I would be, again, I wouldn't want to get a top 70 player back that's not selling high. That's sort of where he is. I'd want to get something better. And maybe that's not possible. But I'd inquire. I would inquire. Maybe you use him in another deal to you know, get him and a top, another top 50 player to get a top 15 player. Maybe that's what you have to do. Let's look at the next guy. Nice, Gary. Gary Trent. Real red streak. Red streak? Red hot streak for him at the moment. 27th over the last two weeks. 51st in points leagues. So Trent is back starting. He has started the last two games, but not all of these games. Not all of these games as he started, but he is on fire. And yes, there are absences, but with the way that the insane man Nick Nurse runs his rotation, there are always going to be guys hurt, including Fred Van Vliet, which really does help Gary Trent. He's averaging almost 36 fantasy points over the two weeks versus 27 for the season. But 
He's doing it on some stuff which isn't going to stick. I think we look at Trent as a top 100 player rest of the season if they stick him in the starting lineup and keep him there, which I'm not sure they do. But with how he's playing, it's going to at least last a little bit of time. He's averaging two steals per game. You say, Josh, he is a good steals guy. He is. But even last season, he averaged 1.8. Right? He, two is very hard to maintain. He's at 1.6 for the season. And from 1.6 to two, it's a, it is a big difference. And it will drop some of those numbers down. And while the steals are up, he's also hitting 50% from three. Could he be a 39% three-point shooter? Easily. 50%? Get lost. No way. He's at 36 for the season, so that's going to drop. He's also averaging almost five extra points per game. 23 points per game in his last five games. Usage is a little bit up, but it is really fueled by that increase in um, shooting percentages, getting him those numbers. He still doesn't rebound. He still doesn't get assists. He gets the line much better than he did last season. He was at 1.8 attempts last season. He's at 3.6. He's doubled that. But I, and again, I talked about this on yesterday's show. There are a lot of people who look at rankings, straight rankings that Yahoo puts out and goes, well, he was 40th last season, which is clear bullshit. Like he wasn't, he wasn't ranked. He wasn't that good. But people look at that and they'll see what he's doing now and go, yeah. So maybe you get a top 40 player back. I absolutely would do it. Absolutely. Let's go to Golden State. Clay Thompson is the 42nd ranked player over the last two weeks. 32nd in points. He's averaging almost 41 fantasy points, 30 for the season. Now, what Clay was doing at the start of the year was quite poor. He looked terrible. And then he had a nice little increase and he dropped off again. Now he's stepped back up. There are pretty clear indicators here that this is a sell high to me. And you would just say, well, Clay's a legend. He's going to keep doing this. And I, I get that. I get that mentality. I just think that, again, fantasy trades are about trying to cash in value. And if you just want to ride Clay out, just do it. Just do it. He's playing 38 minutes a night over the last two weeks. 38. I don't know how he's doing it. I didn't know his body would be able to do this. But he is doing it. His usage is also at 31%. You know why that is. Wiggins is out. Steph is out. And in two weeks, they're both probably going to be back. Steph, maybe it's two and a half. They're both going to be back. So your sell high window is open. And much like with CJ McCollum, selling Clay now means you probably do lose out in the short term. But Wiggins and Steph are going to return. And then Clay won't play 38 minutes a night. He won't have 31% usage. And in that time, he's shooting 53% from two. And you go, well, Clay's a legendary shooter. Josh, why can't he do that? Well, because like, he, he really, that, that hasn't, like, I don't know. I don't know how to like best describe. Like it just, that's not, what I expect from him. He didn't do it last season. He didn't do it this year. He's nowhere near it this season, but it has been, um, it has been important to see that improvement. But realistically, it's the big minutes. It's the increased usage. And it's the fact that Stefan Wiggins are going to come back and they're not going to kill his value, but he's not going to have to carry the way that he's carrying at the moment. He just isn't going to have to do that. So there is going to be a decrease in his production. Also, Six rebounds versus four. He's never been a good rebounding player like this, but he's getting them in higher volume. And that's important. The last player is one that I do like this player. And that's Emmanuel Quickly in New York. So Quickly's value bumped because of the absence to RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson. 63rd over the last two weeks. Now I have full confidence that if Quickly was a 30 minute a night player, he would easily be top 100. But he's not. But he's not a 30 plus minute a night player. 34 fantasy points versus 24 for the season. He's averaging 26 minutes for the season as well. And he has done the thing that we talk about. Get the extra opportunity, which he has, 
extra usage, extra minutes, and improve your percentages at the same time. 41% from three versus 34 for the season. He, he, he could be a 40% three-point shooter, but he hasn't shown it yet. So I'm not going to buy that. And the usage has gone up three percentage points. Now, some people might look at this and go, well, look, but he still did it last game when, when Brunson was back. So it's all good to go. Yeah, but Barrett is the key. And Barrett's going to come back and quickly is going to move to the bench. And he's probably going to play 24 minutes a night. And it's going to just go back and forward with playing time. For look, before these games that he started, right? The first game that he started, 51 minutes. I mean, come on. The two games before that, 22 and 21. He had a spot start on the 21st of um, December playing 35. And then the other games, 23, 22, 26, 35 off the bench, 25, 28, 25, 24, 30, 18, 22, 9, like all over the place. And that's just not enough. And I know Tom Thibodeau, not personally, but I know he's not going to play uh, Quentin Grimes 24 minutes. He's not going to play Barrett 24 minutes. He's not going to play Randall 24 minutes. He's still going to give McBride 12 minutes or so, but he's going to ride the starters tons and quickly he's going to play 24 minutes and Knicks fans are going to complain and I'm going to complain, but it doesn't matter if we complain. Like these numbers are going to drop and you've got maybe a day or two to try and get any sort of top 80, top 90 player back. In fact, I'd probably just take a top 100 guy. I like quickly. He's a clear top 100 player if um, he was to start. He just isn't going to. That will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Which of these sell highs do you agree with or disagree with? Which buy lows do you agree with or disagree with? Drop it in the comments. I always want to hear it and the whole community can jump in and offer their opinions on it as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.